Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. We want to invite or welcome our podcast listeners. Welcome wherever you're listening from. It's great to have you here. I'd like to start, or start, and since becoming a future dad, my wife is pregnant, and so, I know, I know, it's something that... Every week there's a round of applause, but um, I now have an excuse to give some dad jokes, and I think the church should be enjoyed, not endured. I was at a wedding, I don't know, Joey and Beth's wedding um, two weeks ago, and instead of saying preserver of life, I said perseverer of life (laughs) over them, which is very different. And my dad was in there and he's done hundreds of weddings and he just sat there chuckling to himself. (laughs) No one else probably would have noticed apart from him, but he thought it was the best thing ever. So hopefully for Ben and Jade next weekend, I'll get it right. Everyone's going to be listening now to make sure that part's right. Okay, here we go. At Sunday school, they were learning how God created everything, including human beings, And Johnny was especially intent when the teacher told him how Eve was created out of Adam's rib. Later in the week, his mother noticed him laying down as though he were ill and said, Johnny, what is the matter? Johnny responded, I have pain in my side. I think I'm going to have a wife. (laughs) Ah, good times. (laughs) Fantastic. Who enjoys the weekly joke? Yeah, oh, I enjoy it. If I enjoy it, that's good enough. So anyway, you can sit down, Alicia. But if you enjoy it with me, fantastic. Last week, uh, we launched a series, and the series is called um, Revival Culture. And basically, for the next forever, who knows how long, basically, I'm going to be speaking to you about revival culture. And in our church, God is doing something very special, very unique. Um, A couple of weeks ago, a month ago actually now, it's gone quickly. We were over at Bethel Church in California and God really done something in our hearts and something's changed in us. And we are so hungry for more of God. I mean, really hungry for more of God. I want more of his presence. I want more of his touch. I want more of him. I love our church community, but I want more of him. Sunday's the day where we can outwork our secret place through the week. And so last Sunday, we launched a series and I spoke about the secret place. And I spoke about how when we spend time in the secret place with God, how God has called us to live in a secret place with him. Secret place being the place that no one else knows the place where it's just you and him, when we minister to his heart in the secret place, it becomes a powerful testimony and a powerful thing because we then outwork on a Sunday what's happening in our secret place. Do you know that you are an outworking of your secret place, both good and bad? (laughs) Often secret places denote negative things. People do bad things in secret often. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, there is power in the secret place. It says, go into the secret place and pray to me and I will see what is done in secret and reward you. Yeah? So it's when we get away with our Heavenly Father 
and we have to understand this morning, and Wednesday night was a powerful night, and there was healings, and there was baptism of the Holy Spirit, and there was different things, and it was a fun night together. But it was just a taste of what God has for us. There is a kingdom revival breaking out in this church. I hope you understand this. You see, there's a difference between hearing and listening. We have to become people who don't just hear, but listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Any married couple here knows, any wife knows, when she says something to her husband and he hears you, but he doesn't listen to you. The rubbish still isn't put out because he heard, but he didn't listen. Can I hear any amens? You see, I can be in a cafe and I can hear noise. I can hear what's going on. But if I'm with someone in a cafe, if I'm with Mark in a cafe, if I'm trying to, in the midst of the noise, listen to him, I have to lean in. I have to lean in and go, I'm going to, and sometimes physically I, I have to lean in. Our dog, our dog, we have a beautiful dog, 50, 60 kilo Newfoundland dog. And she does that thing when you make a noise she's not used to where she'll tilt her head. Any dog owners know what I'm talking about? It's the cutest thing ever. I think it's so cute. But you know, I'll actually Google what that was. And what the dog is doing, it's not trying to be cute. When they tilt their head, the earway actually can hear better. So they're tilting their heads so that they can hear the sound waves better. So they're going, oh, you're so cute. They've got it on video and it's, you're tilting your head. But what they're doing, they're actually, it's their way of leaning in. And sometimes with the Holy Spirit, we have to tilt our head. We have to actually stop and go, not just that was a great message, Benaiah. That was a great, that was a great Sunday and then nothing changes. You see, the difference between hearing and listening is this. Hearing is an action, you hear it, but listening denotes you then do an action. You know you've listened because you then go and do something. Jesus' life was full of people who heard him but didn't listen. And Jesus would say, why aren't you listening? <laughs> Are you hearing what the Spirit is saying? Can you listen to, why don't you get it? And I think as Christians, if you're a Christian here, we can be so guilty of this. So we hear so much and we're in a world of hearing so much, but how much of it changes us? Because what you listen to actually changes you. And so right now God is speaking to our church and he's telling us there is a revival anointing. There is a well, there is a deep well that people will travel to to receive healing and breakthrough and, and restoration. And we can go, yes, God, amen. Or we can listen to the point where it changes us. How does that work? It means when you turn up on Sunday, this week did you spend time in the secret place? <laughs> did you cry out to God for more? Because last week's prophetic message was this church, that when we break through in the secret place, we'll break through as a church. When we spend time worshipping him in the secret place, I told the worship team, I said to our mate with the Monday, I said, listen, when you worship God in the secret place, you will outwork it on a Sunday. And we can go, oh, that's nice, yeah, that's good. But I've been busy tonight. Ah, there is a different noise rising. There is a hunger rising and this morning I'm preaching to you it's a bit warm so stay awake and listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say to you revival culture we're going to be building revival culture 
We're going to be building a church that has a revival lifestyle. Not just, that was a great meeting. This is who we are. Can I hear an amen? Because God is looking for churches who worship in spirit and truth. Yeah? The Bible says he is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. Break that down simply. Who worship him in spirit. They're led by the spirit. Truth. They're honest. How many times in church do we feel like Pharisees because we've had a bad week and we haven't spent time with God and we lift up his name on Sunday and God says, you're a whitewashed tomb. You have to outwork what's in your heart. And so what I'm trying to encourage you today in this, this next few months, we're building a culture of revival, is we are hungry for more of God. We are hungry for his presence. Uh, we're starting prayer meeting now. It's at 9 o'clock here. We have worship now. We minister to his heart. If you're a prayer, listen. Get here early. Come along. Minister. I actually want to leave the auditorium open between 9 and 10 o'clock from now on. If you want to come and walk up and down his aisles and pray, we'll make sure there's not too much noise in here and you can minister to his heart on behalf of those yet to come in. Because people need Christ. We have people, beautiful people now in a prayer meeting and they walk, you know, every seat you're sitting in, someone's prayed for that this morning. How awesome is that? Your seat has an anointing on it. It says in the book of Acts that with Paul's handkerchiefs and his aprons, that they went and took his apron and handkerchief and laid it on the sick and, the, and those who were demon-possessed, and they were set free. A hanky is disgusting. A hanky is where your boogers live. And they took Paul's gross hanky, and it was so anointed by the Holy Spirit that they placed it on the sick, and breakthrough happened. Revival happened. Oh, that's the normal, guys. This is revival culture. This is revival culture. Revival culture is my wife is in chronic pain for 10 years. She has in, uh, twisted hips from birth, and then God heals her after 10 years. This is revival culture. Revival culture is this week, one of our young people, were praying and asking God about doing Bible college, not too sure financially how they can make it happen. And as they pray, someone texts them and says, I want to pay for Bible college. This is revival culture. This is what God has. Yeah? You've got to understand, this is normality now. This is God breaking out. Whoop, I'm going to sneak through there. I'm going to move this out of the way. I can burn some calories pacing around on this stage. And so the Holy Spirit is saying, let's not just be a church who talks about the power of God. Let's be a church who walks in the power of God. Let's not just be a church who preaches a gospel of power and doesn't see it. Let's actually believe. I was so proud of my wife this week. She had that lady, and she's been ministering to this, this lady at this petrol station, and she has a bad throat. And she said, why is your throat like that? And the lady said, because one day I woke up and it was like this, and now I have to go get surgery. And so Charlotte's like, can I pray for you? And the lady's like, that's weird, but Yes. Because who knows that when you're desperate, <laughs> a little bit of weirdness is better than going and spending months of rehab after a surgery. And so we're stepping out in faith. We're believing God. We, we have a, an email now, testimonies at celebrationchurch.com.au. You can inbox any of our social media if there's a testimony. I encourage you to have one testimony a week. Have your one dose of testimony a week. Next week I'm speaking on testimony, so I won't get ahead of myself. But today I want to speak about hunger. Oh, I remember growing up that we would, in, in primary school, we would have this thing called the 40-hour famine. And who knows the 40-hour famine? 
Oh, when you're a young, when you're a kid, 40 hours just seemed like forever. Maybe as an adult it might seem like forever for you, but man, especially when you're a kid. And then there was that one teacher, and she was like the best, and she would say, you know what, you can have barley sugar. <laughs> and you're like, I can eat something. And so you would go and you would say to your parents, I need some barley sugars. Don't just get me a little packet, get me the biggest packet you've got. <laughs> Anyone know what I'm talking about? And so they would go get the barley sugar, and you would start to scoff the barley sugar. After the sixth barley sugar lolly, you're just like, oh, this is terrible. It is better to not eat this than to be eating this. Anyone know what I'm talking about? The thing is about those 40-hour famines, though, is I remember my parents would always say, what's the meal you want us to make at the end? And that was a thing that you just held out for. You just envisioned that meal. I think mine was always spaghetti bolognese, I think. Spaghetti bolognese, I'm pretty sure. I was like, just make me some spaghetti. I'll just eat that spaghetti. <laughs> and then they put that down. And you forget your knife and fork, you're just using your hands. Like, <laughs> All for $10 for the 40-hour famine. <laughs> no, it's a good cause. It's funny when you, when you don't eat for a bit how hungry you can get. We have this thing called hanger. My wife suffers from a condition called hangriitis. And what it is, and now she's pregnant, it's even more real. The symptoms are getting even more real. Hangriitis is hungry and angry combined produces a monster. A beautiful monster. The only, the only person who outdoes my wife with hangry Hangry artist is Nat Curtis. <laughs> Which is really strange because he's such a petite little man. If he misses one little meal, he gets grumpy. He's, if he's ever leading worship and he's just death staring you, it's because he's missed breakfast that day. Just go up and give him a piece of you know, celery or something, he'll, make, he'll, he'll get happy really quickly. <laughs> Anyone know anyone gets hangry sometimes? Who here gets hangry sometimes? Yeah, I love your honesty. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5. <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's, it's tough with our service times because when you start getting towards 12 o'clock, the crowd starts to turn on you. Revival could be breaking out and people start death staring at you. Those hot chippies are calling my name. <laughs> we should have a ministry team who comes along, people on the altar, and just puts the chip in their mouth. Just, here's a hot chip, here's a hot chip. More God, more God. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says this. Who he wants to be blessed? I want to be blessed. I want to be more blessed. It says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will, why don't you say will, they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In Psalm chapter 34, verse 8, if you're writing notes, write this down, it says this. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that God is good. 
God is telling you this morning to taste him. More of him. More of his presence. More of his love. More of his kindness. More of his goodness. And he says, he doesn't say, taste and see that I am bitter. Taste and see that I am angry. Taste and see that I... No, he says, taste and see that I am good. And what happens in the kingdom of God is that when we taste and, and experience his goodness, you can't help but hunger for more of his goodness. I am unashamedly pursuing his goodness. I want more of his blessing. I want more of his favor. I want more of his power. And I know I have favor, but I want more because it says Jesus grew in favor. God, let your wisdom grow on me. Let your goodness grow on me. Let your presence grow in me. I want more of you because when your presence is here, and as a culture, when we cultivate God's presence, what does cultivate mean? It means coming together and agreeing. It means coming together and cherishing. When we do that, what happens is we actually honour and it grows. Let's talk about hunger for a few minutes this morning. And my heart this morning is this, is that you walk away hungry for God. If you've ever needed a miracle, you know what it's like to hunger for God. If you've ever experienced the goodness of God, you know what it's like to be overwhelmed with more of Him. You know what it's like to say, God, I want more of you. God is this God. He's an amazing Father who wants to give good gifts to His kids. He wants to pour out His blessing. It's not just, I just got saved and it stops there. No, no, He wants you to be poured out fresh every day. But are you hungry? Because we have to understand that God responds to hunger. Those who hunger and thirst will be filled. Celebration Church, who hungers, it shall be filled with him. Oh, this is our normal. This is our revival culture. That when people drive into our driveway, they sense God's presence. When people go past our, 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 our church on the street, they get drawn in because God draws people to himself. And again, that isn't through one man. It isn't through me. It's through us cultivating in the quiet place a hunger for God. It's through us cultivating in the secret place. This week, this today after church, go home, shut your bedroom door, put on some worship and say, God, I just want more of you. God, I just want to worship you. God, I want to minister to your heart. What is greater, my heavenly Father, than worshipping you? Nothing is greater. Nothing compares. You are worthy of all the praise and honour and glory and power. And I'm not going to wait till next Sunday to have more. I want more now. Woo. Woo. God wants to pour out his love upon us, pour out his Holy Spirit upon us. You know, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came in power, in fire. But then there was a two or three more times that that happened again. There was an outpouring of the Spirit again. You see, it's not just a one-off thing. It's not just your salvation experience. God actually wants to pour his Spirit out again and again and again, and again. All right, so let's talk about hunger for a second. Hunger is a very interesting thing. I'm going to compare our physical hunger with spiritual hunger. The first thought is this. When we hunger, sorry, we hunger when we are healthy, but we lose hunger when we're sick. Think about this. When you're physically sick, what happens? You stop eating. 
when you're a kid, so it's been proven not to be the best now, but my mum would always say, if you're homesick, have some lemonade ice blocks. It was a highlight of being sick. Even if when you're throwing up, those lemonade ice blocks, man, they made everything better. And then if you had a brother and sister, they would come home and they would try and steal those lemonade ice blocks. And you would say, you know what, I'm sick. Away, Jessica, away. <laughs> the thing is, is that animals, when they get sick, stop eating. I know with our, our dog, you know, when she's been sick in the past, she won't eat. And the vet always says, is she eating? And if the answer is yes, then it's a good sign. You know, spiritually, what happens is that when we have things in our life, in our personal life, that are making us sick, when we have addictions that happen behind the scenes, when we have unforgiveness that we're not willing to deal with, when we have disappointment we're not willing to forgive, when we have things in our life that we're not willing to let go of, it actually starts to make our spirit man sick. And then we say, oh, I struggle to read my Bible. I struggle to pray, I struggle to, to go after God. And it's like, well, maybe there's actually an area in your life that you have to deal with that's actually making you sick. If you have some gangrene on your skin, it's going to make your whole body sick. If there's an infection in your system, you have to get rid of it. This is why holiness is so important. This is why being a people who are sacred and set apart is so important that we say, God, I'm going to actually not be like the world. With the power of the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus, I can be forgiven and made whole. And every day I know that I can fall short, but I know that through Jesus Christ that you make a way for me. And Holy Spirit, every day I pray, forgive me of my sins, Father. Help me to live a life. Search my heart. Like King David said, both good and bad, both known and unknown. And make it clean. Purify me. Before the service, I'm in the office and I have my headphones on. That's my pre-service. I've got worship and I'm worshiping the Lord. And I pray, God, cleanse my lips, cleanse my tongue. Make sure that when I speak, people don't look to me. They look to you. Anything in me that's offensive. My week, there's been ups and downs this past week. But I let it go and I say, today is a new day. And that's the key to hunger. We have to deal with things that make us spiritually sick. We have to have the boldness to deal with things. We have to deal with the impurities, things on the internet, things we're looking at, things going on for people that they struggle. Unforgiveness is such a big one. We don't talk about it enough. We have unforgiveness towards God sometimes and towards each other. Someone's hurt us or hurt our family or, or something and, and we hold on to it because we think it's justice. And God says, let it go. Let it go. Let's humble your heart and I will cause a hunger to rise. So if you ever find yourself, and if you're ever discipling somebody and they are having trouble with hungering for God, one of the issues may be that there's something going on they have to deal with. It's hard to eat when you feel sick. Therefore, we have to deal with our sickness. But the good thing about hunger is that when you're healthy, you're hungry. (laughs) Natty's hungry because he's healthy. The thing is we have to make sure that we have our eyes set upon Jesus because that causes our hunger to increase. God wants the people who are hungry for him. And guess what? He wants to, I wonder how many of us this morning, if Jesus came into our, our church in, in the flesh, if he looked at us and said, you're hungry for me or you're hungry for something else, and he said, stay or go depending on if you're hungry for me or something else. Yeah. 
You know, Jesus done that in the scripture, didn't he? Where he said in the room where this, uh, the, 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 the young lady had died and he said, uh, listen, everybody else, leave the room. He had to get doubt out of the room for God to move. But there's grace, there's, us, there's time for us this morning to say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me to be hungry. Help me to know more of you. Help me to, in my, in my sickness, help me to be hungry for you. Holy Spirit, help me to be whole. Help me to be somebody who comes to church to minister to your heart. You know, sometimes we can even love church more than God. Do you know that? We can love fellowship more than God. We can love the music more than God. We can love the hot chips more than God. We know it because our motivation becomes these other things, not Him. Can I hear an amen? amen? But a church that's going to change the world, a church that's going to step into its apostolic call, this church is a church who knows first to become together to worship Him. I'll make sure I'm in this auditorium at 10 to 10 every Sunday now. You don't see me walking late ever now. And this is some huge emergency. You'll see me. I'm ready. I'm here to worship. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm just hungry for him. See, hunger does that. We went to this conference over in Bethel and we're there ministering to God's heart, basically, and he was ministering to us. But you know what happened was that people would line up from 4 p.m. for a 7 p.m. meeting. They're hungry. You know what? And God responded to it. Imagine if we had that heart of hunger here. Imagine on a Sunday if we were here going, we're here at 9. Church hasn't started at 10 for me. It starts at 9. I'm going to come and pray. I'm going to come and worship. I'm going to come and, and, and just lay down my life before him. And God goes, oh, hunger. For God is looking for those who are worshiping spirit and truth. Taste and see that God is good. God has called us to be a hungry church, hungry for his presence, hungry for his goodness, hungry for his Holy Spirit in the powerful name of Jesus. And I just think that you are so blessed that you have pastors who preach like this. I'm just going to boast on my wife for a second. She is a God chaser. She is a God chaser. You hear many pastors preaching about the latest programs, the latest this, the latest that. No, we just want God. I'm telling you, we are hungry for God. We want to see miracles break out before the service. I keep picking on the hot chips, but I want to see people have anointed hot chips. I had a hot chip and I was healed. Because our, our volunteers are so full of the Holy Spirit that what they do, everything they touch, breakthrough happens. The second thought, there's only three. The second one is this. Actually, let me give you a scripture for that. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, You must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. It says, cry out for this nourishment. Cry out for the pure milk of God. You Christian, read your Bible. Old Christian, read your Bible. <laughs> it's the bread of life. We are raising a revival culture, which is this. Monday is when I minister to God. Sunday is when I minister to each other and minister to Him. And guess what? I actually learn how to feed myself on a Monday, not just wait for the Sunday. You see, there's lots of us who come to church and we're spiritually malnourished because this is a time where we eat. And through the week, we forget about the Word and we forget about worship and forget about prayer and fellowship. And what happens is we wait for that one meal a week. And I guarantee you, if you had one meal a week, you would very quickly waste away. 
So spiritually, we must be strong in the Lord, crying out for his nourishment, that you may experience the full experience of salvation. What a powerful verse. The second thing is this. Earthly hunger lessens when we eat, but kingdom hunger increases the more we eat. This is such a cool thing. When you go and have lunch today, you will be satiated and you will feel full. The more that you eat and partake of the things of God, the hungrier you get. How amazing is that? In other words, the more of the Word of God you read, the more you want to read. The more that you worship Him, the more you want to worship. The more that you pray, the more you want to pray because you understand that the more you experience something good, you want some more goodness. Yes, the Bible says, come to me, all you who drink, and you'll never thirst again. But it's speaking about eternal life. There are these things about God moments, God presence, God encounters, where God actually wants to meet you where you're at. And you have these things. And, and for a moment, you feel like you're fulfilled and you feel like you're satiated. You have a God encounter. Then the next day, you wake up and you're like, oh, man, I want more of God. You're addicted to more of God. Where's, where's more of God? I want more. I need to put some worship on because I want more of Him. You're not wanting more of me as a pastor. Or maybe you do, I don't really mind. But ultimately, you want more of God. (laughs) I love this in Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there's no water. This morning, church, is your soul thirsting for God? Is your flesh yearning for God? This week, my wife told me... Um, I woke up through the night and she said, you were speaking in your sleep last night. I was like, oh no, what was I saying? <laughs> Hopefully something good. <laughs> and what was I saying in my sleep? Come up here. Come up here and tell me what I was saying. Come on, come on. You can do it in my sleepy voice if you want. I know, he was just he was just talking to the Holy Spirit. So he was just... And I said, I couldn't tell whether he was actually awake and praying or whether he was sleeping. I think he was just sleeping because he doesn't remember it. So he was just saying, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so good. You're so good. Thank you, God. Like, and it was just over and over again. And I woke up and was like, ah, it's really nice. And then went back to sleep. (laughs) It's better than saying something else. And one thing she said to me through the week when I asked her, what did I say? She said, you're saying more of you, God. King David talks about this, through the night my heart cries out to you. If I'm while I'm asleep, I cry out to you, my spirit. Because you've got to understand, your flesh might sleep, but your spirit stays awake. How amazing is that? I woke up this week and I was awake for this one. And I had that song, uh, we are standing on holy ground. For I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus now. We are standing on holy ground. And God's taking me on this journey at the moment where we are temples of the Holy Spirit, holy. But he's also encouraged me that our property has holiness attached to it. Because today I came out and someone had cut down this tree out here. It was dead, by the way. If you were a greenie, don't worry. It was dead. It needed to be cut down. And basically, I was just so blessed because for years now I've said, can someone please cut down this tree? I could try it, but I don't know how it will end. I need some skilled people. And someone heard. They didn't just hear, they listened. And they came out and spent the whole day cutting that tree down and taking the the branches down to the bonfire down the back in the heat. No one was even here. There's power in that. 
There's power in this. This place is holy. Because when people step on this property, God has anointed this, the ground here. God does anoint things. Look it up. Handkerchiefs and aprons. Apron represents serving, by the way. They, uh, Paul, as big as he was, was still serving with an apron on. How amazing is that? And the Holy Spirit anointed his apron to carry and give to the sick or lay on the sick for recovery. I wonder what God has anointed in this room. Now, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are the ultimate temple, but sometimes God uses areas of proximity, holy ground. Earthly hunger lessens when we eat, but kingdom hunger increases the more we eat. Sometimes you have to force feed yourself. Growing up, my, my parents would, uh, they would have the, I don't know if your parents done this, but it was my brother, sister, and I and my parents, and they would make us sit at the table until we ate everything on our plate. Anyone else's parents like that growing up? I tell you, some nights we sat there for hours. I remember one time my brother and I literally sat there for hours. And I think it was something like broccoli or it was something green. And I was just like, you know, I, you know what it was? It was pumpkin. I went through a phrase. I hated, I don't mind pumpkin now, but I hated roast pumpkin. One time I ate it and I went to the bathroom and I literally threw up. And it wasn't, I didn't mean, I just, I, I, I loathed pumpkin. And my parents would make me eat pumpkin. Any other parents do that to their kids? Or do you just give up after like a half an hour? And, or do you just, no. My, my parents were a bit stubborn. They were, we will wait. <laughs> we will wait. They left the table. You sit. You sit. Nothing worse than, well, broccoli, than cold broccoli. <laughs> but you know what my parents knew? They knew that some things I needed to actually eat, even though I didn't want to eat it. Some things they knew I needed to eat for my health, even though I didn't want to eat it. Even now, I struggle with broccoli. I tell my wife, make it as soggy as you can so it goes down easier. <laughs> Which is probably not the best thing to do. You know, in God's kingdom, sometimes there's some things that you don't want to eat, but you have to eat. When we read the scripture, sometimes we skip over things we don't want to. God's trying to speak to us and we go, nah, just suck over here. All things work for the good. Let's go to that scripture and let's leave that one about forgiving somebody or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, and God's like, no, no, go back. Go back. Remember, sometimes you have to go back to go forwards. Sometimes God is trying to take us back to what he last said, to take you forward into what he has for you. As a church right now, he's taking us back to take us forwards, back to his presence, back to God encounters, back to miracles, back to worship, to make us a place where people will come and sit and be ministered to. Sometimes in life, though, you have to force yourself to eat things you don't want to eat. And what happens is it makes you healthy. The Word of God is something you have to force yourself to eat sometimes. Sometimes I have like young Christians say to me, oh, I just don't really want to read the Bible. And I say, it's bread. You've got to eat your bread. Carb load on the Word of God. <laughs> and by doing so, we create health in our spirit. 
Drink the Holy Spirit. Worship Him. Know Him. Outwork it. Hit the gym. Outwork something God spoke to you. That's you hitting the gym. Look after your spirit, man. And know that the more you eat, the more you hunger for. And the third thing is this, is what we hunger for is what we actually feed on. And what we feed on determines what we hunger for. I don't know if you ever noticed that. One thing that I want to do before this baby comes is I want to lose a few kgs. Been speaking about it for years. Anyway, a few years ago, I went through a phase where I just forced myself to eat heaps of green vegetables. I actually came off a 21-day fast and my body craved vegetables. And I just, I came off that fast and I hungered for vegetables. I hungered for kale. Who hungers for kale? I wanted broccoli and I didn't want it soggy. I just didn't care. I went to Boost Juice and said, give me the green smoothie or something, and it's just full of just green. <laughs> Everything green. And I enjoyed it. And then I went on holidays and ate pizza, and then I fell off the wagon. I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> but you know what? What I learned was this, is that the more I would eat that stuff, the more I wanted it. And the more junk food you eat, the more you want junk food. Like chemically, your brain wants that, it gets addicted to it. The, the sugar high gets triggered and you want to eat more of it. And carbs trigger and different food. And, and guess what? Taste is God's invention. He loves you eating good food. So we have to be careful that we are in the things of God, that we eat the right things. And we have to understand something that often we are force-fed things all the time that actually aren't good for us. Your work force feeds you a certain culture. Your family might force feed you a certain culture. Social media force feeds you. And I use force feed, really it's us feeding, but sometimes we don't realise it. The news every night is telling you a narrative. Your friends are telling you a narrative. It's telling you a story, what's normal. We started using a word around the office here, which is, what's our new normal? As a church, what's our new normal? You know what our new normal is? It's what's in heaven. So our goal and our success is based on, is heaven touching earth at this church? That's why we pray for Charlotte. I said, there's no pain in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. God, we pray on earth as it is in heaven. Let heaven invade earth. And as a church, this is our big, big revival culture goal. We just want to have heaven touch this place. And it starts in how we treat each other, by the way. The Bible says that the world will know you're his disciples by how you love each other, yeah. talking to the church. So let's become really good at loving each other as a church, yeah. calling up someone who's been away for a few weeks, taking someone out for coffee. Yeah. If there's a new person here, buy them lunch or they get a free lunch anyway. I don't know, give them the money instead. Whatever, like just do something. Because what we're doing is we're showing and we're outworking heaven. And I think together, if we commit to this cause of loving each other well, that when people come in, we'll see this amazing testimony of people wanting to be a part of the family of God because if you look on the news every night, the church is going through huge scandals all the time. If you look at other churches around, often we go through huge conflicts and God says, wait a second, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Now, what's the key to loving each other? It's forgiveness. It's grace. It's you're not perfect, but I love you anyway. It's you've let me down, but I cover you with God's love anyway. And it's commitment to each other. It's not walking away when it gets too tough. I don't walk away from Charlotte when it's too tough. We work through it. As a church, we must commit to working through it with each other. This is really good preaching, by the way. And there's too many times as Christians where we can walk away from each other because it gets too tough. And the Bible says to handle conflict well. Love one another. Forgive each other. Cover each other. doesn't mean you have to like each other. Just love each other. It's better if you like each other, but... Let's refocus in Proverbs chapter 15, just as we finish. Proverbs 15, verse 14. By the way, at the end of today, we're going to pray for anyone who needs a fresh touch from God, anyone who needs a miracle. Today is your day. We're going to pray. Last Sunday, we saw miracles. This Sunday, we're going to see more miracles. It says this, Proverbs 15, 14. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. What camp are we in this morning? The full camp or the righteous camp? Are we hungry for more of God? What are we feeding ourselves on? I I get off social media regularly now. I'm hardly on there. If you get a like from me, it's very rare these days. Not because I don't like you, but because I'm hardly on there. Why? Because my soul feels better. I don't know why. I just feel better. That's just where I'm at at the moment. By the way, if you're on there, no condemnation. But for me... I'm just like, no, nah, too much noise. I don't care what you ate for breakfast. Too much noise. Because I'm trying to focus in on him. And I'm, I'm a very inquisitive person. Any inquisitive people here? John is a very inquisitive person. We have great conversations because he's always learning something. And I just love to learn things. So I love, I love watching people. I love learning why people do what they do. But I've got to be careful that in my inquisitiveness that I don't lose my inquisitiveness when it comes to him. That I, lo- I don't want to lose my God wonder. I don't want to lose my God affection. Because everything else will steal my affection sometimes apart from allowing him to steal my affection. And all that matters is this, is that I wake up and I'm saying more Holy Spirit. That I wake up and there's a song in my spirit and it isn't the latest Britney Spears song or something like that. It's, 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 it's a holy hymn. And by the way, I don't go to bed going, God, when I wake up, to, I want to give me a song when I wake up. The Holy Spirit is just moving in my spirit, yeah. moving in my heart. And it's just because all, all, all that's happening, church, in myself, and I encourage you to lay a hold of this for you, I just, I just turn my affection back to Him. I just want more of you, God. I, just, I, just, I, I love to worship again. I love to spend time with you. I love to open the Word. I, love to, uh, I, I, I still love Downton Abbey on Netflix. How old am I getting? I love Downton Abbey on Netflix. Anyone know, know what Downton Abbey is? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's our, every night for dinner we watch Downton Abbey one, one episode. That's our thing. Good old Carson. Anyway, getting distracted. <clears throat> My heart longs for you, God. I want to make sure that I'm hungering and feasting on you. And then as I feast on you, I hunger for more of you. And there's this cycle of the more I feed on you, God, the more I taste and see that you are good, the more that I want you, the more that I want your presence, the more, and you know what, as a church, again, we have to come back to our revival culture. 
What is our culture now? Our culture is this, that we come to a Sunday and we are so full of our secret place through the week that when someone's next to us, that our shadow touches them and breakthrough happens. Yeah, that's our, that's our revival culture. In the midst of your busyness, can I just say something on this to encourage you? If you have a really, really busy week, and especially for the parents here, sometimes your weeks are crazy busy. When you take that time to minister to him in your secret place on top of your busy week, it is such a precious, holy moment. It's, it's like you're saying, I'm taking the time and it's costing me even more. It's costing me sleep now just to worship you for these, this time. And, and can I say this as well? Again, I mentioned it last week, but when you go through heartache and you still choose to worship him, it is a gift and a, a powerful aroma that you won't be able to produce in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. But to worship God in your pain here, even the angels look upon that and say, I can't encounter that myself. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to watch you go through your heartache and still choose to worship. And even the angels look upon that and wonder, wow. When you go through your trials and go through your down seasons and go through your life-changing events and you say, God, as a family, we're going to choose to worship you. Something beautiful starts to break out. There's an anointing that breaks out. It's the anointing that, 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 that when the lady came and broke the, the vase of perfume and anointed Jesus' feet with it, there was a breaking that took place and a sweet anointing and a sweet aroma started to flow. In your brokenness, when you choose to worship, there is an aroma that gets God's attention. It's easy to praise God when you're on the mountain. It's easy to praise God when you're in the best season of your life, but when you're in the worst season and you still choose to praise Him, that, my friend, moves the heart of God. It's when you still choose to turn up on Sunday when you've had the worst week of your life and you're in worship, tears down your face, you don't care what anyone else thinks. God, I'm just going to lift you up with my family this morning. You are worthy of all the praise this morning. I'm not going to be polite this morning. I want more of you. There is something about that. Oh, my goodness. There is something powerful. The hunger in that season. When you lean into him, the hunger for God. God will fill you to overflowing. And here's my last thought this morning. Revival culture, when we lean into God, when we choose in our hearts to hunger for Him, when we get rid of the things that make us sick, when we choose to force feed our soft vegetables, when we choose to enjoy and taste and see that God is good, He doesn't just promise to fill you. The Bible says in Psalms that my cup overflows. Our God isn't just a God that fills. He's a God that overflows. This morning with that offering, that's different. That's different, eh? That's different for most. Like That's something that's going to definitely challenge some mindsets. But the purpose of that is this, is to say, God, when you fill me up with more of you, it overflows for others. My life isn't just about me. It's about the overflow of who you are in me. And I just, I just see, church, I see the damn wall breaking. Let me finish with this testimony. On Wednesday night, I shared a, a, a vision that I felt in my spirit. 
and it was just this dam wall and it had, it was like behind the dam wall was just the weight and the power and the flow of the rivers of God. Powerful rivers. Rivers that change landscape and create valleys and mountains. Change the landscape of a country. Mighty rivers. And I saw this dam and I saw these little cracks in the dam and I saw the little bits of water just breaking through. And that's because people in their secret place are breaking through. And we have moments in church where we're seeing little bits of breakthrough. And God says, I want to break the damn wall and let the river, mighty river, flow. And it's going to happen when we collectively go, this week, my secret place is about, I'm going to a new level. I'm going to God, I'm hungry. Next Sunday, get here, cry out to God. Scare the worship team with your worship. Outlead them. And then on Wednesday night, I shared that Wednesday night, and then Charlotte said to me, and she had written down the same vision a month before. I mean, down to the detail. The same dam, the same wall breaking, the same a month before. Please get this. The Holy Spirit is confirming and confirming and confirming and confirming and encouraging. And, and someone gave me a, a word about a month ago and they said, this move of God is not going to be one of, of, of giant pushing through and rah-rah and hard. It's going to be sitting in the grace. It's going to be an ease. Prophetically, we started the year that you would know your roar. A year of godly confidence, remember that? Can you see how God's been taking us on that journey this year? And if only our church people, you and I, knew what we carried. If only we actually knew the power of it. Again, I'm putting a call out to our intercessors. Intercessors, listen up. We need you to pray. We need you to get here and pray. Through the week, if you're out here, come in the auditorium and you can pray. We'll keep it down in the office. You can minister to God. Pre-service prayer meeting. Get here at nine o'clock. Pray. You carry something in the spirit. I want you to know as a pastor, I value intercession. I value prayer. What is intercession? It's when God gives you a burden for breakthrough. That's basically what it is. God gives you something on your heart and God says, pray and you pray and sometimes that burden lifts and you've done your job. That's it. So if, if you're young here, intercessors aren't just the old people. They're the young people too. Everybody can walk in the gift of prayer. And God will use this church. Oh, God will use this church for our nation. God will use you as his people. God is longing to look for churches who are hungering for him. And please, don't just hear this. Listen to your spirit. Your spirit, lay a hold of this. He is longing for a church that says, we will hunger for you, Heavenly Father. We will cry out for you. We will cry out for more. We will go after your heart. We won't just be full of so many different busy programs that we forget that it's all about you. And then people come in and it's already started and they sit in these seats and they encounter the presence of God. Because you know what? Our gospel isn't preached with persuasive words. 
of wisdom so that your faith may rest upon that. It was preached with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what the Scripture tells us. And there is this mighty river that God wants to break through through this place. Tomorrow there's a prayer meeting here, 10 o'clock by the way, if you want to pray. We have a monthly prayer meeting here for that. God, come and have your way in our church. God, make this place a revival centre. Let rivers of living water flow. Let those with broken hearts be healed. May those with broken dreams be made whole. May those who have been abused find healing. May those who feel disenfranchised find a family. May we be good at seeking your heart. Let your presence emanate in this place. Let miracles break out and don't let my mentality get in the way. And don't let the church's mentalities get in the way. Holy Spirit, we give you permission. We hunger for more of you. We thirst for more of you. Our state is hungry for more of you. The churches of our state need a fresh river and a fresh touch. Let Celebration Church, let this place be a well for the nations. May they come and drink. May they come and drink of your presence. May they come and enjoy a refreshing touch. Oh, use us in our simpleness. Use us in our, in our imperfections. Use us, Lord. We say yes to you. We say yes, Holy Spirit. Why don't we stand to our feet and Charlie, come and join me. Let's just, as a church, oh, there is an anointing on this church. Hey, listen, if you've joined our church or you're thinking of joining our church, you've come at a really good time. There is a new thing happening. Oh, and we're just getting started. Why don't you close your eyes where you are? Father, right now I pray for anyone who needs you this morning. If you're in this place and you know that your heart is far from God, maybe you've drifted away from God, or maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus. As everyone has their eyes closed in this moment of privacy, I just encourage you to say, Beniah, I want to just get right with God. I want to give my heart to Christ afresh or for the first time. Why don't you just put your hand up and say, that's me this morning. I want to make sure my heart is right with God. Awesome, I see that hand. Awesome over here too. Awesome over here too. Fantastic. Anybody else? Why don't you put it up? You can put it back down. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A holy moment. A holy moment. Anybody else, you just want to say yes to God this morning. Yes to coming back to Him or giving Him your heart for the first time. Thank you. Why don't we pray this prayer of dedication? And if you put your hand up, pray this from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And this morning... I receive your grace and your forgiveness. I say I'm sorry for my sin. And Lord Jesus, I declare that I believe in you, that you are my Lord and Saviour. I make you number one. And Holy Spirit, I give you permission to invade my life and invade my heart and mess me up in the best possible way. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise this morning. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. If you put your, put your hand up, or maybe you didn't, but you felt like you responded in your heart, we have a hello desk at the back, and we have a Bible we want to give you, and our team will love to help you in your journey. Uh, but we'll let you make that decision to, to get some follow-up, which would be fantastic. Do you sense what God's doing this morning? Can you sense there's something stirring? <laughs> Can you sense it? Because he's doing something. Do you have ears to hear and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church? Because God is doing something. Revival has already started here. There is a hunger rising. This way, cry out to God. If you're looking for some good worship, Leland, L-E-L-A-N-D, have a new album. That's my go-to right now. That's my go-to. There's a bit of an insight for you. The songs just glorify Him. I always ask my wife, is there anything? Because she's very prophetic. Sometimes she just has something that's very precious, but today she's, she's happy. So, hey, we're going to pray over you at the end now. We're going to shut the meeting in a second. But if you're new here, what we like to do is actually send you out in the blessing and the protection of God. We like to anoint our church. And we encourage our spouses to take, uh, to hold hands. Um, and if you're here by yourself, no pressure. You can stand there. If you want to put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you, you can do that too. Uh, but we're going to pray God's blessing over you as a family. Um, and if you're new here, you're part of this. In Jesus' powerful name. Father, we just right now just send out this amazing church family. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are doing a new thing. We thank you that there is a revival culture breaking out in the hearts of your people. And right now, Father, we just send out every one of our church. We declare your protection. We declare your blessing. We declare open doors. We declare, Lord, just miracles this week. I pray for every marriage in our church, for just, just wholeness and joy and a fresh touch from you for every kid in our church, every child that would encounter you in a fresh way this week. Lord, anyone who's single who wants a partner, oh, do miracles, God. Open doors. Father, I pray just for your blessing upon every area of every life and bring on revival. Bring on your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's give God a mighty hand of praise. Thank you, Lord. And if you want prayer, we're going to open the altar. The rest, God bless you. Have a great day. But if you want a miracle, a fresh touch from God, come down the front and we're going to have some God moments. In Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.